my beloved Sooner Softball. Says, hey, Plank, surely the Battle Series game this evening gets canceled, right? We've had a lot of rain. Now, the field can handle the rain. Let me see in my super secret textoso here if I've got anything this morning. Nope. So far, so good. Is it supposed to rain again today, though? Aren't we supposed to get a little bit more weather as today progresses? Yeah. It was looking murky when I got here, so wouldn't would not be shocking. I got so caught up on the Dr. Clazel text about Kansas that I forgot about this one for today in Norman. Another round of heavy rain, this time with more lightning strikes, is inbound and slated to arrive by late morning or early afternoon. The storm risk should remain high from lunchtime until around 7 to 8 p.m. Today? Yep. Oh, man. So, yeah, I think, Coy, you're on to something. I think you're on to something. There is a really, really good chance that we don't have that game tonight. But if we uh, – and you know what? I haven't, I haven't talked to Coach. I, as a matter of fact, I have just not bugged Coach since she came on the show. But I, I wonder if they will remake these up or not. I almost said remake these. Because I'm not sure about the certain rules and time constraints that you have during fall ball. I, I, you would still have the opportunity to play the games, I bet. But I I wonder if Coach Gasso would be like, yeah, you know, we just uh, – we'll take the practice. We'll take the practice. I mean, has it already been – yeah. My man from the – my man from the uh, five – oh, I'm sorry, 405. I'm going to skip away your whole number, sir. I'm, I apologize. Yeah, we're about to get smoked. So I would say very unlikely. Uh, and then there's this from Honolulu Sooner, who writes, because I think it's the greatest question in all of this, so why doesn't the NCAA use the helmet speaker? Are they so blind they can't see the bridge of their own nose? You have that Matt Rule clip, right? I've got Man? it. Yeah, can we – this was what I was looking for. We didn't play this, did we? No, 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 no. Okay. This is what I was looking for earlier. Listen to Matt Rule. He, he explains why. Yeah, sign stealing happens every game. Um, there's, nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. That's why you should have mics in the helmets, right? Like all these coaches that vote against it every year is because they don't want to teach their quarterback. You know, in the NFL, each quarterback goes out there with three play calls because if I see if I see the free safety's foot like that, it might be one high. I'm going to check to this play. And if I, but you get to college and you're watching a game on a Tuesday night, and you know they they got the signal and they're just calling a play. So that's uh, what makes college football to me. That's why they score maybe more points, but it's also why the kids are less prepared. So that's why they should there should be 100% should be they could get rid of all the stupid signs on the sidelines and we could get pictures of you know rock stars and all that stuff. And we could just play football. The way it was meant to be. You go to a high school game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to an NFL game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to the college, there's nothing. Weird, right? Weird. Now, just in that, now I don't think, I'll have to ask Coach K or, or I don't know, any of the other hundreds of high school coaches that listen. High school does not have speaker in the helmet, but they're allowed a little bit more technology. On the sidelines. College. I mean, we just where's where's Gainsey and Jackie on this? They just recently started letting coaches have their their phones or even their Apple watches in the dugout, right? 
College baseball has reached the point where they're able to signal in. Or they don't use signals. It's the coach on his walkie-talkie to his players. How long before someone hacks into the walkie-talkie signal? I'm kidding, I think. But my point is, there's just so much, so much, Josh, that can make things easier, I think, for coaches and players, and then also in that make it much more harder for teams to do what Michigan was trying to do. And we're at that point. We're at that point. You have the technology. You got plenty of money. There's no reason. There, there's no reason to do to not do it. Other than there's clearly a faction that doesn't want to do it, right? Yeah. Because I guess it's more work. Maybe Matt rolls onto something. I don't know. But there, there is why Honolulu sooner. I hope that answers your question. Now, are you ready for a great question and a great answer of Brent Venables? Sure. Uh, and and Garen, when I say this, it's the compliment sandwich. It is an awesome question. It is an awesome question. It's the middle part. It's a great June question. But it's an awesome question. Because I feel like in the answer, there's so much, so many deeper conversations that can be had, right? But it's a very simple question. It's a a pretty solid answer. So here we go. This is from Brent Vittable's press conference yesterday. It feels weird asking you in the middle of year two if you changed your perspective on what last year's team gave you, but I, I thought I'd give it a shot and see if you've, if you've already come to a, a more certainty about that group or if you needed to to begin with. I mean, that's a, it's a great question, and I think, I think it validates uh, you know, the idea of controlling the controllables. Uh, you gotta, everything starts with belief and faith in, in what you're doing, and to create the buy-in, you got to go through some stuff sometimes when you're building things. And so I think there's affirmation in a lot of the things that we talked about and continually to preach week in and week out. Didn't change the message. Didn't change the, uh, you know, what it takes to be successful. This is what it takes, and, and this is what we're capable of. And now, what are we willing to do? And uh, and again, for us, it, it also reveals too. You know where. You, once you go through again a season, it reveals where you need to get better at too. You know, uh, and so I think all those things revealed themselves. But scheme, situations, roster, personnel, uh, you know, uh, different packages, things of that nature. But I think it all you know started in a, uh, just reaffirming that everything starts with the right mindset and uh, to get everybody on board, pulling you know in the same direction. So I think. The adversity that we know is always there. You know, it's always right around the corner. Helps you deal with it, you know, with a little more uh, firmness and a little more uh, certainty, a little more confidence, I think. Not just for me, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I, I didn't flinch. You know, this is this is what I know uh, to be fact. And uh, But I know as well, you know, depending on people's experience, they, they – you know, there's probably uh, plenty that that doubted, and I'm not mad at them. Don't don't fault them. You know, uh, you know that's just normal human nature. And uh, you know, and I'm never focused on that. You know, my job is to focus on the guys that are sitting in front of me, and my job is to convince and challenge and inspire and to motivate and to develop. You know, this is a developmental game, so uh, that's you know our charge. And ultimately, 
you know, you you got to have the results that you want to. And and it's a little harder when you have young people and old people alike. When you're not, you're you're saying this is what we got to do. And if we do X Y Z, then you'll have success. And then you don't have success. Then you have a lot of people doing this right here. You know. And again, I like I said that. You know, for me, I'm just like this. I don't. I, it doesn't affect me whatsoever. Uh, in 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 the messaging and. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about efficiency and how we open, and that's every year I've ever coached, always evolving, always finding ways to get better, even through elite success. Always said, what's what the what's the next thing, and uh, and it always starts inside out, self evaluation, self awareness. Where do you got to get better? Like I said, that'll that'll never change. But you know, there's been great growth, obviously, you know, in a lot of areas, and for all the reasons we've talked about several times. Uh, for the improvement, but uh, uh, in the, and again, in the middle of it, it's it's probably hard for a lot of people when you're not having the result you want. But I've never been result oriented. Uh, I've always believed inherently and deeply uh, and confidently that the results will take care of themselves. And uh, sometimes you you get the result that you desire. Sometimes you don't. Uh, sometimes you get the result that's pleasing to everybody. Sometimes you don't. Uh, but but this is how you do what you do. And. Uh, I think the best of the best and the most elite and successful people in, in any walk of life are ones that uh, have a consistent, you know, tough-mindedness to them and a persistence and determination uh, that overcomes a lot of the, the factors that create doubt in a lot of people. So yesterday, off the top of the show, we talked about how Brent had adjusted some things. In other words, year one as head coach, you learn. But at the core of it all, and I, when I made this point, I think some, maybe I didn't make it as clearly as I should have. The foundational belief remained the same. He didn't change the message. He didn't change what it takes. But he just managed the game better. He's learning how to manage the game better. And, and he maybe adjusted a few things just in, the week, the preparation, the just small things that need to be done. So I, uh, I love that question. I hated that it was in a game week because it's such a good conversation, but it's necessary, right? I think it's necessary to think about. Wow, you're seven and zero at this point. Last year, what was this? A four and three football team? They had already lost uh, TCU and in, in Texas and Kansas, Kansas State. So it is kind of fascinating when you compare where this team is in 23 as opposed to 22. And it's awesome, right? It's exciting. And exciting not just for Team 129, but also for the future. I thought that was really, really good from yesterday. Good stuff, Garen. Good stuff, Coach. Because And a lot of times a coach might say, yeah, you know, we'll talk. it's a great question. Maybe something we'll talk about later and just move on. But Brent said, you know what, maybe – Maybe there's some people out there that didn't believe, and that's fine. I completely get it. Don't blame you. But I didn't flinch. I love that phrasing. He didn't flinch. All right. Uh, we got much, much more. Where do you want to go? Let's see. What do we have? My gosh. my. Why does everything always happen that's important on my phone right in the middle of this show? Don't people know we're on the air from 9 to noon, Josh? Um. Deceptive plays is something we've heard a lot about, right? And it carried over from, I think UCF was in the top five of deceptive plays, uh, if not number one, and then Kansas was in the top five. Yeah, that's what it, UCF was number one in deceptive plays, 
And there's Kansas that was in the top five. So how did playing a team like UCF help prepare this team for what they're going to get this weekend? And um, I thought, again, the answer was one of those where you look back on it, you're like, okay, that's, uh, that's quite a way to look at it. But here's Coach Venables and what this team learned from playing a team that was so good at trying to deceive you and how that preparation might carry over just a bit. Uh, can affect all of it. And I think that was uh, on display. But uh, we're, again, making the incremental improvement that you want and uh, we'll be continue to be tested uh, here you know, through the course of the rest of the season. I'm terrible at my time cues. Here we go. Yeah, Brent, last week you talked about UCF and KU would be the two teams with the most deception on, on offense. So how are you playing the Knights? How is that helping the team going into this week's practice? Yeah, probably the failure <laughs> and the disappointment um, to create more focus, uh, more, again, a focused intensity at practice and in the meetings. And, um, again, humility uh, can be a, you know, a great asset you know, uh, for you. So when you, when you have some failure, uh, you know, and you know, what I like is that we, we found a way to win and overcome some of our mistakes, but we've got great ownership of, of both the good and the bad. And, uh, that's allowed, you know, the growth process to take place. But you, you definitely learn, you know, we constantly, uh, we got, a, you know, with that stack of cards in our uh, season's worth of, plays that we didn't play well uh, we, we we draw everything up and we we rep it every week because again professional courtesy is they're gonna uh they're all looking at explosive plays that you've given up and uh they're gonna put it in their rolodex you know that's just what teams do and uh justifiably so so our job is to you know fix some of the, those mistakes and the issues that we had and uh make sure our guys are are comfortable with what we need and want them to do to execute at a high level I don't know really what to say more about the Kansas offense except that it's it's unique, right? I, I talk I'm a big fan of their offensive coordinator Andy Colton Nicky. I think he's good. Uh, they, it's funny if you go back to when Lance Leipold was hired. Do you remember? Do you remember one of the names that got thrown out thrown around quite a bit was Josh? It was Jeff Monken at UCF because there were many that felt. You can't have success at Kansas running a traditional offense. You just can't. You've got to do something unique. You've got to run the triple option or something. And now, lo and behold, they are running like a version of a spread option or a V. I mean, they do a little bit of everything, and it's unique and it's challenging. But so, but it's also modern. Oh, it's yes. It's much it's, more modern than what it, <laughs> my it, man Jeff Monken runs. It's not what – people had suggested that hey there's such a talent deficiency that basically you need to revert to the triple option they haven't taken that approach and they've been very successful offensively very successful very successful but but prone to throw it to you so if you can get a little pressure on Jason Bean I mean you go back in all of their games they've played there is a soul-crushing turnover that either costs them the game or changes the whole course of the game and their losses. Couple big picks by Jason Bean, the fumble against OSU, the fumble against Texas that just open up the floodgates. They'll they'll throw it to you. They'll make some mistakes. 
Kotal Nikki? Yeah. Trendy head coach name, you think? Maybe, but at a place like Tulsa, Ole Miss. Smaller? I almost said Ole Miss. Louisiana Tech, somewhere like that. And then – Why not when, bigger? When he goes there. I cause Just because we, there's not the buzz around him? Because people now fall in love with uh, – I mean, Dion. he's done a heck of a job at KU. I, listen, if I'm at if, a – If you can do that there – if I'm at a school anywhere, Josh, that is maybe a little bit under, I don't want to say funded, but I'll tell you this. If I'm the Iowa Hawkeyes, I'm calling him. Yeah, I'm at least I'm at least trying to give him a big healthy pay bump to come be my OC. I saw that uh, the number of people calling for your guy's job is growing by the moment. Saw the you can Hawk- read about that at HawkeyesWire.com last night. I was reading about an ESPN host that's calling for Kirk Ferentz to be fired. Did you see that post? I saw that post at HawkeyesWire.com. Man, that was a well-written one. Well done, yeah. All right, quick break. When we come back, uh, let's see, what do we have here? Eye crime, signs, and uh, the struggling kicking game. It's all coming up from Brent Venables next on The Ref. I thought one Parker Thune asked a really good question of Brent Venables. As we welcome you back into the Plank Show, we uh, kind of relive the Brent Venables press conference from Tuesdays throughout the 10 o'clock hour. Balancing success, right, where you are, and making sure the guys know, hey, we're 7-0, and and then also what needs to be fixed. I thought it was a really good question. Here's what Coach said. Um, yeah, it's all important. Uh, obviously, again, now you, you, know, you, you laid out the vision, you know, knowing – what the opponent was uh, constantly feeding. I, uh, you know, I told the coaches, I said, look, there's, here's what they're being told, so we're on the same page. Um, we had a little bit of credibility on a, a past defensive success and building something and uh, multiple times having uh, you know, consistent results. But, uh, but you, had to, you, know, you had to sell the belief, obviously, and uh, we, we weren't just bad we were uh one of the worst in, in a lot of categories and uh so you know, i'm appreciative of people that had faith anyway you know that means a lot to me because that means they they got something to them in my opinion and uh but uh but again you know you're constantly selling vision i think that's part of uh being a leader uh being a good recruiter uh painting vision for everybody into what hopefully their future will look like and our future certainly and uh, but I don't think any one of it is more important than the other. Um, with a little bit of success, we anticipated, uh, you know, if we do th- these things uh, in house, talking about if we do these things, these are some of the issues or problems, uh, good problems to have that we might have uh, once you have you know this number of commitments. But don't flinch. These are guys that had maybe one toe in the water uh, earlier on. You know, I would just say keep your guard up. You know. But the, the other side of you is like, hey, man, they're also, let's be practical. You know, the people around them, and uh, there's a negativity that maybe people are recruiting to. Uh, like I said, I say justifiably so. So what? And the, what should they say? You know, and our job is to, is to change, you know, uh, both the expectations and certainly, you know, the quality of our work. So, uh, but it's lend credibility um, because this is – kind of how we painted the vision you know uh, we keeping our you know our rabbit's foot in our back pocket or whatever uh, uh, hoping that um, and hoping it's not a great strategy uh, but this is you know the result that we would have to again to 
just part of the building process. Get people on board. Yep. Building. Constantly building. What was the genesis for a lot of this conversation this week? Which the the Cruton conversation or just the history conversation? Just all of it, yeah. <laughs> I think. Well, and Parker's again. I, I probably didn't represent Parker's question as well as I I should have. Here's, like I said, these listen, uh, software developers. Can we make your numbers larger so old man Plank doesn't have to bring in his one and a halfs to figure it all out? Here was here was Parker's full question, just to kind of give sure. you the the. Recruiting perspective. Because Recru- I didn't hear that very first part. So, from a recruiting perspective. Reflect on last year, especially as a first year staff, you had to recruit around a vision because, as you mentioned, the results weren't there yet. But now, here in year two, you are 7 0 and the results are tangible. So, how much of a balance do you strike between touting results, what the program is now, versus still pitching to a vision of what the program can be? Right. And I just. I think got to got to get a quote. I think that's that's a great quote from it. But you're right, it all kind of goes hand in hand, right? To the how did we get here? How do we get here? How are you selling this? Have you reflected on what it meant to go from there to here? To go through it all absolutely. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe people are really starting to to realize Josh that a pretty incredible turnaround in one season. Maybe that's part of it too. And are there a lot of new faces? You bet. There's no question that Trace Ford and Rondell Bothroyd have made an immediate impact, right? There is no doubt whatsoever that, you know, on the offensive line, Walter Rouse has made oh, a difference. Oh, my goodness. Right, no doubt at all. How about Guyton the year before, right? Right. Well, my But my point is – you say that, and then you look around, and it is a lot of the same dudes, right? A lot of dudes that were on campus last year. That have year. developed. Right. But, uh, you know, that's what you're charged with in exactly. college football today is a little bit of both. So, now, I think the hope would be this class going the direction that it's gone, it's going to be upwards of 30 players signing with Oklahoma, and maybe – you know, middle 30s if they have this thing close out the way they want. Not that you're going to sign 35 players or 33 players every class, but I think they want to sign, yeah, you know, 28 or so every class. And then if if folks leave later, then they leave later. And you add a transfer portal addition or two. But what we saw this last offseason, I don't think Oklahoma wants that to be its norm. And But, hey, again, you're charged with, Get me in a situation to win right here, right now. And the situation for Oklahoma was, yeah, they had to dip into the transfer portal. And a bunch of those guys you mentioned, uh, and that's just tip of the iceberg, folks out of the portal that have helped this team. Yeah, it's it's interesting to me because I I don't try to get too caught up on that, you know, what's the roster going to look like next year. I try not to, but yet I always, I fail. I'll do it about midway through the softball season. I'll look at it and be like, oh, okay, so who's going to be in center next year? Who's going It's just it's an every year thing. But what I think you'll see in the portal this upcoming season is a little bit more what Brent Venables would want. I don't think you're going to see 11, 12 guys out of the portal, to your point. I think their hope is you're building that foundation on the development of your youngsters. In-house. In-house, 
and then you're able to go get five. How about this? I'm thinking right now about 24, okay? I'm thinking right now about 24. You need a left tackle? Unless Kane Green slides out, which he big enough, right? You're going to need a potentially a center and a guard, but you have pretty good development there, potentially. Yeah. We don't know what Danny Stutzman's NFL future might look like, but you already feel good about what's there at linebacker, so I don't think you're hitting the portal for an LB. Probably not. Because you've got Kip Lewis and you've got Jaron Kanick and you've got Colby McKenzie, who's been really good when called upon. It just, right? it just depends. It's, it's going to be what's in the portal. Is there interest from somebody to come here? And then there's the Patty Gasso to it, right? When there is somebody that's really, really good and one of the best players, you're like, well, yeah, I got four running backs, but Ollie Gordon, you want to come here? I mean, it's just that's the reality of it, right? I'll give you a for instance. This is just because I spent a lot of time thinking covering Iowa. Nick Jackson, three 100-yard seasons, leaves Virginia, comes to Iowa. If there's a guy that's had three years of Power 5 football where they've got 100-plus tackles, probably you're going to take that guy even sure. with what you've got in the oh, linebacker absolutely. room. Oh, absolutely. 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 So – I get I get caught up in trying not to look ahead, but then inevitably it's like well, the Guyton, he's gonna come back, right? So you're not gonna have to replace your left and right. <laughs> we'll worry about again. that after we win a national championship. Right, right. Then it's like, oh well, is is Adebowari gonna be ready? Yeah, he'll he'll be ready next year. Okay, so you're maybe you're not hitting the portal to go find someone to help as an edge rusher, but Gosh, it sure wouldn't hurt if uh, who's the guy from Virginia that you were talking? Nick Jackson. Nick Jackson, if it's someone like that. Yeah, I mean, you it's got wild. somebody that's uh, all ACC, all SEC, sure. all Pac-12, all Big 12, all Big 10, and they've you know started and performed for multiple seasons, and it's proven production. Yeah. Proven goods are tough to turn down. But, again, Oklahoma, the way they're going, how many slots are they going to, you know, ding, scholarship ding, ding. spots are they going to have available? Ding, ding, ding. I think those conversations, well, this is when they start because it's the midpoint, it's past the midpoint of the season. And even though you're 7 and 0, you look and you're like, man, Jackson Arnold at quarterback. Now they hit Javante Barnes getting healthy. Mm, Jane Gibson and Nick Anderson. Could you imagine them? And then Jacquez Petaway in the slot. Oh, it's going to be amazing. It's and then. And we do it every, to think about uh, bro. The best year of it now, old school. Well, this old school is twenty years ago, but so you know what I'm talking about. Near the latter part of that twenty or that two thousand season, when Josh had the burst of sack on his elbow, suddenly it became. But wait till next year. Wait till we get this guy that is uh, an NFL body, and wait till just wait till next year, and you know. You can't get too over your skis. Next year wasn't as good as the previous year. Right. But I think we naturally do it as fans. There's not many people during the second half of that game against UCF that weren't thinking, this ain't going to happen with Jackson Arnold. You know, that that mindset creeps in. All right, um, let's try to get as many as we can, as we can here. Uh, eye crimes. Ethan Downs talked about eye crimes. Cheating bad eyes get you bad trouble. Bad eyes. And – I think it was the first question out of the gate from Eric Bailey, which was, what does that mean to you as a coach whenever you hear guys that are absorbing what you're teaching? Yeah, they display a lot more consistent, uh, you know, more sure of themselves, and uh, the aggressiveness and the precision come with that. 
you know, when you're looking at the right things and reacting to what your eyes are telling you to do. No, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of freedom in that, you know, when the player is able to play that way. So you can move on to the next problem. (laughs) You can move on to the next problem. All right, now we we played this one off the top, but, you know, if there's anything our studies have shown is we do have an audience that's in and out and in and out quite a bit. So here is what – Coach Venable said when asked about, hey, who's making the decision at the running back spot? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, DeMarco's the CEO of his position. Um, ultimately, all the responsibility is is mine. Uh, I'm not sure if I've ever had a, a head coach tell me who I can start and who I can't, as long as everybody's in good standing. That's, you know, the position coach. Uh, you know, you, you that's why you pay him, you know, to make those decisions. But certainly, hey, get so-and-so in the game. Uh you know, things of that nature. A lot of it's based on what they do at practice. And there's a body of work always. And, uh, uh, but, you know, Gavin uh, did some great things uh, as as the game went along. And we know what he's capable of. And uh, this is a game of doing. And we need those guys, uh, you know, that room, I believe, uh, when we're playing like we're capable of playing and uh, in all phases and all the, the different areas around them, uh, you know, that should be a position of strength for us. Tawi being back this week? I do. So there's the answer on Tawi Walker. Uh, And then one more here this segment. We mentioned the kicker battle, right? And I don't know if Saturday's elements are going to be a good conducive, (laughs) a good way to to figure out if your kicker is back or if he's improved or whatever. What, uh, how's the field oriented in, in Lawrence? Is it north, south, east, west? You're asking the most directionally challenged I, I person say it's in your north, life. North south <laughs> to, to figure out someone when they're like, "Oh yeah, you just hit the south side of it." I'm like, "Is that the right or the left side of it?" I'm pretty sure that it's it's not because what is Oklahoma State's east west right, and it's not supposed to be east west. It's supposed to be north south. I of all the things that I'm not very good at. Field directionality is one of those. So there'll probably be a half where you're driving right into that 20-mile-an-hour north wind, and there'll probably be a half where you're or a quarter where you're going against it. Wouldn't it be funny if that's literally the first thing that you saw whenever you were reading about? Well, this is a north-south stadium. All right, one more here from Coach, then on the kicker side of things while Josh digs that up. North-south. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. good. See? There you go. I, I, I knew something, Josh. Yeah, everything. Everything goes into it. You know that's a that's a long you y'all you want me to take up everybody's time. Uh, Go ahead, coach. Uh, with all due respect, there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, you know Zach's has been uh, really good. He's again he missed a couple the last few weeks, and uh, that's not good. And uh, this is a, again everybody is held to the same standard. Uh, we don't have great depth there. And uh, we could go. We had some guys banged up, uh, you know, as well. But I, I believe and have confidence in him. And and uh, but we got to be better. You know, that goes without saying. Hey. So to me, that sounds like Zach Schmidt was challenged this week in practice. Let's see how he responded, and then let's see what happens come game time. Because I'm pretty sure if he misses one kick, we'll see another kicker. If if they're healthy at that position. So the north-south side of it then, Josh, you are. If this is going to be as strong of a north wind as we're told, you'll be booting right into that at some point. You'll be booting with it at your back. So when it's at your back, good good chance to try somebody new. 
right, if you want to go that route. Mr. Sports, hang in there. I'll kick off next segment with you. We're running a bit behind right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Let's, uh, let's get Mr. Sports in here, Josh, as we welcome you back into the Plank Show. What's going on, Mr. Sports? How are you? Hey, Chris. How are you? It's a great day. It's a great day. Cows, cows have to be the dumbest animals in the world. I thought deer were the dumbest animals in the world. Cows you know, take they will stand. They'll have 20 structures out there in the pastures, uh-huh. and they'll stand out in the middle of the field in lightning and driving rain. Yeah. Huh. Or they'll or they'll run through a barbed wire fence because they think that it's drier on the other side of the fence. Huh. I take it you're fixing a uh, barbed wire fence today. Well, is... we're just running fences today. Uh, That's all okay. we're doing before the next one comes in. <laughs> hey, uh, Chris, I wanted to mention something. Uh, you probably caught the story, but the deal about Chris Hammond's uh, starting the uh, – yes. or, or being part of creating NIO for the walk-on, I think that's just a super cool deal, man. Uh, or do you not feel that way? Oh, I think it's awesome. No, no, no. I think I think it's awesome. And, in fact, it, it's been something that had been – I don't know if it's agreed upon or talked about, but it had been something that had been in play for a while, and I think it kind of just what got public this last few weeks. I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And uh, Chris, as a former walk-on, a guy who has been through so much and has done so much for OU Athletics and, and for us here at the, the Ref, I mean, it's just – it was really cool. You know, those walk-ons, most of them are scout team guys. They get their butts kicked in practice. But in that same yeah. vein, they're also a main reason and a major reason why you're able to have the success that you have. So, yeah, no, I, I couldn't. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought it was one of the coolest things I've seen. And, you know, being a and, – and going to center games for over 40-some years now, I, I didn't even realize – I didn't realize that he later scholarship – and was co-captain on the 2000 team. I knew he was on the 2000 team, but I didn't know he was co-captain and all that. Yeah, he was there at the coin toss. He was yeah, there at the yeah. coin toss with uh, with Torrance Marshall. Yeah, I remember now. I, I had I had forgotten all about it. But but anyway, I just want to put a shout-out to him. I tweeted yeah. out earlier this morning, and, uh, uh, you know, Center Nation, you know, put a shout-out to Chris. That's a cool deal. So, hey, guys, have a good Wednesday. See you, Mr. Sports. Uh, Chris Hammonds, he – he went out and set an, an NIL deal up to take care of all the walk-ons. Um, you got to remember, this is this is a dude that, well, Mr. Sports just laid it all out, was a captain on that team. So now he wants to help out those walk-ons. So he has, let's see. There's a handful of guys that have been put on scholarship, but he set up an NIL deal for uh, Major Melson, Owen Heineke, among others. 21 walk-ons have played in games so far this year, according to the uh, what the All Sooners article. And while there's there's limitations on what the school can do for non-scholarship athletes, in fact. Uh, They've changed some of those because not too long ago, Josh, they couldn't even eat with the team. But they don't get monthly scholarship checks, nor do they get cost of attendance stipends that were enacted in 2015. And so Chris Hammond said, let's do something about that. I think it's awesome. Have you, uh, like reading this story about just Hammonds himself, that was pretty awesome too. He's uh, Chris is an awesome dude, man. He's He's – let me just read this part to you. 
Hammonds recounted his story of leaving a football scholarship at Division II East Central University in 97 to walk on at OU. He said he was working at a construction site in Sulphur when his brother drove up in the middle of a shift. He says, hey, Merv Johnson just called. They want you at practice today. They handed me pads, took me inside the locker room, and gave me a locker. I went out there, and I found some people that looked like tight ends. And then uh, he goes on to say – Hammonds also told the story of working so hard during a 1999 workout that strength coach Jerry Schmidt, who was in the back of the room last week listening to Hammonds, told him in 99, if he had a dozen more like him, OU would win the national championship. Hammonds informed Schmidt that uh, he was just a walk-on. Mm. Mm. Pretty cool. Greg, bring it up. Um, they're the – I don't want to necessarily get too corny and say like the foundation of the program – but they're pretty close. And to have your walk-ons taken care of, well done. All right, quick break. When we come back, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. I have my own personal recruiting update, Josh, next on The Ref. One of the greatest songs ever, maybe? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Maybe top five for me. Yeah, it's, it's pretty doggone good. So many legends on one track is. You got Waylon, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, and Chris Christopherson. Is that is that pretty solid or what? That's that's tough to beat. Top five songs. Your text's coming up next. That'll be on June twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. Might well, be before that. I say that it might be. Uh, so two two quick texts here before we wrap up hour number two and get to the top five stories of the day. Uh, Sioux City Sooner says, please stop talking Iowa f- Iowa football. I know. You're hurting me. <laughs> it, it's, it hurts me, too, and I know you come here to escape, so I do apologize. 918 says, Prob- uh, problem with the run game, it's Twitter couch coaches and certain media that think they know more about the running back room than the coach. And I predict Jacob Sexton at left tackle next year. I know they like him. Mm-hmm. I think he's just about to 100%. Just about to 100%. Good off season, sure. Smart kid too. And then I mentioned I got recruiting for you. Now I'm not the recruiting type around here. Okay, that's Parker Thune, who handles all of our recruiting coverage. And Parker and Steelman are coming up at noon. Get it, Steelman and Thune at noon. Candy from Norman though went straight to the source here to ask us about Reggie Powers. Any word on Reggie Powers? Well, the. Uh... Predictions are headed for Norman. So. Well, what do the fan predictions say? That's what's most important to me from on three. Let, which let's is, find out, Which actually. is the dumbest thing that any industry is. Uh, the smartest people in the planet on three have a, here's who the fans think. Well, yeah, of course the fan. That's engagement. That's to get clicks up, guys. We see you working. It's it's brilliant, though. It's, it's clearly. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah, you're right. Clearly worked. Uh, so for those who don't know the background, Rich Powers was a guy, safety, that was committed to Michigan State. And when... Mel Tucker had his issues, his issues. Uh, he reopened his recruitment and was here in Norman this past weekend. Recruiting prediction machine, by the way, 93.1% Oklahoma. That feels good. That feels good. So, um, And that's up from 74% earlier this week, Josh. <laughs> the clicks are firing from Oklahoma. I, I feel good about this for OU. Sounds like it was between OU and UCLA and – Obviously, a 
previously was a Michigan State commit, but with everything going on there, it would make sense why you'd be looking for uh, somewhere else to go play college football. I love his tape, man. I do too. He, uh, I was just watching it when she asked. His his huddle profile says he's a four six kid, but the way that he flies to the football, he's got what I would define as or characterize as football speed to where yeah, you might be four six, but coming downhill. Boom, get to that football a little bit quicker than 4'6". So he reads, identifies really well. He's got a six-foot-plus frame, which uh, you love in the defensive backfield. So I think he's big-time get if and when they get it. Impressive. Impressive. And one of the first kind of fallouts for Michigan State. Maybe the first of a couple? We'll see. I would imagine so, yeah. Uh, Here's one quickly from the 405. I think the boys needed to get the hangover out of the way. Unfortunately, things like those are inevitable sometimes after a big win. I really like BV to get the boys back into shape and cover the minus 10. Has Teddy entered his pick in the Ref Royal Rumble yet this week? I don't know that he has. Both of my upsets have been picked. So that that brings me a little bit of solace to know that I'm thinking the same way as everybody else. BYU and, and who? No, no, my uh, Wyoming and Cal were the two I was looking at. Cal plays uh, USC. That's right. Gosh, I I, I don't know about right. that. Tyler took it as both his lock and his upset. It's I, in Cal this I, weekend. I believe that is more showmanship. You than, think so? Yeah, than okay. actually thinking they're going to win the game. All right, Tyler. When he gets his four points this weekend and ties me in second place, when I get my zero, I'll be pointing my finger at you. Um, I really, really like the game tonight, though. I really like Florida International against Jacksonville State. Florida International's a five-point dog at home. That's easy money, right? They were a five-point-plus dog against winless whoever, right? Yeah, against Sam Houston State and, last and week. And one, obviously. The game. That Drake Dyken got three points. He's a he's a wizard of smart. There you go. All right, quick break. When do we come back? Top five stories of the day next.